going on, everybody? This is uh, Chris K, Burning the Red Shirt podcast with Andrew P. Uh, Andrew P. Katz, Nate Marquise. Really emphasize the cats. I'm sorry there, Andrew. Um, we're this is a special one. This this feels super fun to me. Uh, and by you, Andrew, but we have enjoyed bringing on uh, guests and franchise was awesome. Mox has been awesome. Joe, uh, Brandon have been awesome. But uh, <laughs> Nate is. Nate feels a little bit more neck of our woods type of thing. So I feel like we'll have a good time here. Big 12, we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of teams. So we're just going to go right into it. We don't care about how anybody's doing personally. Uh, you, don't to, you, don't, you don't want to introduce Nate beyond his first name. You're just going to make assumptions about. Why? Well, I, I said Nate Marquise, right? Yeah, if that's, I didn't, uh, if I I, didn't I, that's my bad. So I think I think you pretty much nailed it. That's a, that's a, that's a perfectly fine introduction. And then it looks like Andrew just straight up uh, pieced out as soon as he made Bros. fun of your your intro. <laughs> so we'll we'll get into it, and Andrew will be back. I mean, to be fair, that's a really good frozen section of him. I halfway um, expected this to happen. Maybe not quite this early, but I feel like he uh, he has to renegotiate his contract on BTR once every episode, and so he's like. Uh, let me bounce out for a little bit, and uh, and I'll be back. There he is. I truly have no idea what's going on with Andrew. Like, uh, is there is the internet in New Jersey not good? No, <laughs> no, it's because, it's because I'm cheap, and I only have, the only computer that I have is my work computer, and there's all these like uh, extra VPN protections and stuff, and it it seems like it only cuts out when I'm doing stuff that isn't work related. So I don't know if that is intentional or not, but. <laughs> And, well, I think we got it out of the way early this time, so hopefully we're free and clear now. We're good. All right, yeah. so Nate, you're an Oklahoma guy. Um, this is the Big 12. That's why we brought you on here. You have a lot of insight into all this. We're not going to start with uh, with Oklahoma because why not? Okay. I just decided that. <laughs> uh, I think let's start TCU. Um, TCU was a team, obviously, that went to the playoffs, beat my Michigan Wolverines. Uh, J.J. McCarthy pick six was impactful. They lose a lot of guys. Um, what are your thoughts on TCU? I mean, obviously, I don't need to go to Andrew. He's a Chandler Morris guy. Talk <laughs> to me to you. talk to me about their offense. What you think? What you like? And uh, and then we'll let Andrew hate on everything you say because I'm sure that you're speaking truth and he's a little bit more and not the case. Yeah, I was I was basically going to say that. I wish my wife loved me as much as Andrew does Chandler Morris because uh, it's, it's awesome how much I can, I can just anticipate Chandler Morris coming off the board, uh, you know, a, a few rounds in every draft I'm in with him, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's some change going on there, even though Sonny Dykes doesn't leave with Garrett Riley moving on to Clemson. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. And, you know, he was offensive coordinator of the year, you know, as far as winning the, uh, uh, the assistant coach of the year award, but you know, it's really weird because they bring in um, Bryles, you know, from Arkansas to be the new offensive coordinator, which just cracks me up because TCU and, and Baylor have that, you know, they have this feud going on for years. And TCU fans have just been talking mad shit to to Baylor all these years for all the, the, the craziness that went on with the Bryles family there. And then here they are uh, hiring away his his actual son uh, to run their offense. But you know, I mean, it's the veer and shoot offense, which is what he runs. He, he runs the Bryles, the Art Bryles offense in his purest form. So I, I would think that their offense continues to to be really good. Um, 
Chandler Morris did suck in that first game, though. Before he uh, before he went down, do you you you're just you're just wiping that wiping that clean? No big deal, Andrew. Not worried about it at all. I I think I have a um. See, I don't know if it's a, a good or bad thing. Probably a mix of both. Where kind of once I see uh, someone hit their their quote unquote ceiling, that that sells me on them into eternity. Like I drafted Nick Baylor Nick yeah, the Baylor game, exactly. And then he looked even very good, I think, in the first half of the Oklahoma State game the following week. Uh, there were a lot of penalties, impossible environment against the, like a really strong defense at that time. Fell apart in the second half. But like you can't defend the Colorado uh, first half of last year. That was an absolute disaster. I turned it off after a quarter. I didn't even watch uh, up until the point where he, uh, where he hurt his leg. And then the rest is history, Max Duggan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, once I kind of see someone just do something electric, I, for better or worse, I, I want to buy in all the way. Kadon Salter this past year, a good example of it. Nick sure. Wilson for four years in Rich Rod's offense. Uh, I think I drafted him every single year and yeah. never really got paid off for that. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I watch. I, I didn't watch the Baylor game live, but like it, it was, it just came so out of nowhere. This, this that line was so absurd that I, I like did something that I don't usually do and like dug up the game on YouTube and, and watched every single play. I was like, this is just insane. Like this kid's making ridiculous throws and just being an absolute mag magician out there. Arm palette is insane. Obviously it's like five foot nine or whatever, but I don't know. It's, it just feels like something you can't unsee. Um, that I, I even if, uh, Kendall Bryles doesn't come over. Just running a Sunny Dykes offense is good enough for me. Sure. But it, it it really sounds like you like what do you? I don't know what you expected uh, the starting quarterback to say about his new offensive coordinator. But it sounds like saying all the right things. Right, going to be super fast, perfect fit for me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think I think it's definitely going to be Kendall Bryles' offense. Why yeah. Why would Sunny Dykes go through? taking the heat of hiring burning all of his political right <laughs> yeah just to run his own offense and not yeah. let Bryles go crazy and run his thing so yeah I definitely think it's going to be Bryles offense do you do you like Chandler Morris Chris I like him I, in I know you don't like him I like him in theory I mean I'm never going to draft him as high as Andrew but like I like him in theory right like you have to give him some credit he beat out Max Duggan Right. Like technically he started game one. So there like he had to have done something for months at a time that was better in the eyes of TCU. That was better than Duggan. But I don't know. Like I, I certainly like him. I don't think I'll pick him high enough where I will take him over. The Colorado Andrew's game was so weird in that, like, okay, Morris was awful. Duncan was awful too when he came that's, in. It's not like that's totally fair too. But and then by but the they time, scored, they scored. They were they. I don't even know if they had a touchdown drive. I think, Morris, but I they think, at least they at least started scoring. They moved started moving the ball with Duggan. Yeah. By the I way, think, that 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 game, if you stayed up and and watched the very very end to see Jackson Sam Jackson mm -hmm. get in the game, uh, he was actually kind of fun to watch too. But. Uh, that was the first time I'd seen him play. I was like, man, this guy can really, this guy can really scoot. Yeah. You, do you guys know what, um, you know, because Chandler Morris started at Oklahoma. That's, that's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he started there. You know what his nickname is amongst uh, a lot of the, uh, the OU fan base? No. Uh, Noodle Arm. 
He's got know. a rocket arm. What's the problem? <laughs> Noodle arm. No, he doesn't have. It. He he looked he looked great for a game. I, but outside of that, he's he's never really shown to have that much arm strength. Let's. Odd. Uh, well, that doesn't fit well with the offense. I'll tell you that. Like it feels like last year they made they made their money on explosive plays, right? Like I think they led in pretty much everything. Um, 30, 40, 50 plus yard plays. Uh, I don't know if we, Penn, because of the size of the conference, I don't think we can go too deeper into it, but I am very curious. Uh, both of you guys, is there a receiver at TCU that can replace Quentin Johnston? If there is, let me hear it. If you think it's more of like a receiver by committee, let me hear it too. Nate, I'll go to you first. Uh, do you guys know how many receivers they have on roster at TCU? <laughs> like 37? Yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up because I heard that it was 23. And sure enough, it's it's actually 23 receivers plus seven tight ends. So they got like 30 dudes that can catch the ball uh, out of their 85 scholarships. Um, I, I, I think it's a committee. Uh, I mean, I don't think that there's – I don't think there's anybody that's that's going to step up and be like a, a total alpha there. I mean, there's a lot of talk of um, what's his name, Savion, uh, Savion is it is it Williams, Williams, Williams? Mm-hmm. yeah, that being the one to to be the guy to step up to wide receiver one there. But we haven't we haven't seen that much from him. I, I think it's I think it's a committee. Um, I like. Oh man, I'm going to bring this up with you two. I like JoJo Earl. I'm not going to sing right now. <laughs> I kind of stepped into that one, didn't I? Yeah. We, had, we had a bet, for those that don't know, where um, JoJo Earl and Ja'Cory Brooks. Oh, yeah, we need to get BTR, paid off. Maybe that's, BTR, a, maybe that's a week zero thing. Maybe that's a week zero thing. BTR took Brooks. Me and Jared took um, JoJo Earl as far as production last year. Clearly, JoJo Earl was not the winner. Um, so I'm supposed <laughs> to be singing, uh, but I, I'm not going to do that right now. But. I don't know. Maybe maybe he steps up, but yeah, it's kind of a mix of guys. Um, now that Jared's got a real job, I mean, I'm happy to just take um, a three a three hundred thirty three dollar ticket <laughs> to DraftKings uh, opening weekend instead of singing. I'll just I'm just saying. It's a fair um, trade. I will I will say definitively. Like every time I see someone take John Paul Richardson, I'm like, oh, that's that's the rake. The rake's paid for um, in 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 that one. Um, he's, he's definitely on the short list of guys that made, um, you know, get some hype because of a spring game performance. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take Savion, uh, late in drafts, but it's, it's definitely only best ball. Cause I feel like, all right, yeah. six, five, six, five dude in like the primary position, uh, on the outside, like he can hit 20 to 30 points, three, two or three, four times during the season. Yeah. I'm with you. So it sounds like late late scenario maybe it makes sense to get dc a receiver which i think i agree i think savion and uh we have too many j's and jpr here (laughs) jrp which we'll talk about here in a little bit uh makes sense late uh but i don't know if you'll get him late because i think people do you know people are a little bit more aggressive on him um speaking of like maybe a more qb friendly offense um, Kansas, Jalen Daniels. Uh, I have expressed my personal thoughts about Jalen Daniels in, in the recent week. Um, Andrew, are you a Jalen Daniels fan? Or are you, you know, based on where you've seen him be picked, based on what you've heard people talk about, are you like on that same page or are you a little bit, you know, not I, as I would, much? I would be down. Or? I would be down. I haven't drafted him yet. Um, I feel like just because I'm always drafting, 
accepting either other positions in that range or just there's another quarterback I, I want to get my hands on uh, in, in that uh, in that range. But it I he's not, definitely not someone I'm actively fading. Uh, I'm I'm a believer in Leopold, that OC whose name I can't pronounce or remember. Seems like he's doing a lot of smart, smart things. Total, total Nicky. Yeah. What's his background? Is he just like chilled with Leopold? Uh, I think he's been with I think he's been with Lance Leopold for a little bit, but I, outside of um, time there at Kansas and, and Buffalo, I, I don't really know where he's from. Or, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like what I've seen. Um, yeah. Chris, I think your um, analysis trying to pick apart the the schedule, figure out kind of what's going on, uh, what what transpired this past year, and how we can think about that going forward is smart. But it's there's so much to try and read into um, there, and like try and draw conclusions from a going forward perspective. But I think it's just tough because there's like, all right, they maybe he didn't do great against uh, some good some some of the better teams. There was an injury. The team had like no no depth, um, right? Uh, I don't know. It's like it, it feels difficult to draw a definitive conclusion of, of, about him uh, and that team uh, or that that offense, I should say. Uh, but I don't know. They're they're fun, and like if I drafted him, I would feel good about it. Yeah, I, I love I love watching them play. Um, I mean, Kotal Nicky's just so much fun. He he just gets he gets edge rushers on an island linebackers on an island and if they choose wrong man it's a chunk play like every time i i can see the argument for jalen daniels and i can i can also see a little bit of the argument against him i I feel like i like him more than most but there's always a couple people in a draft that just like him way more than i do and so (laughs) i end up i'm probably gonna end up with very little shares of him you know but man there's a ton of production back for them I, i think they got like 10 starters back i think Outside of Kai Thomas, every single rush and reception has returned for Kansas, which is just kind of crazy, um, especially with as much as they spread the ball around. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you can't really target any of their passing game options. Yeah, it's it's pretty much a QB running back, and and that's about it. I mean, the, sprinkling the tight end here and there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard to invest in in any of those wide receivers for anything more than just a extremely late round flyer. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not going to own a whole lot of shares of of Daniels, even though I do like him quite a bit. Devin yeah, Neal, though, me, what do you guys what do you guys think on Neal? Well, I think this goes mm-hmm. into the offense. I think they spread it around enough, and they have enough talent rushing. It feels like they have all their talent concentrated in the rushing department, and none in the receiving department. Like in terms of like just your clear, obvious superstars. For receiving but you know it feels like they have a it feels like they have a lot of good things going rushing whether it's talent whether it's uh quarterback and running back because that can impact it right like the ability to to do both um but also like play scheme it feels like you know at buffalo leopold did a great job at buffalo it didn't matter who was running back who you know who was running the ball and it was just a very successful offense which super commendable right but like to me it's like well i have a hard time grading daniels because like i can see the i like you nate but to a lesser extent i can see the you know the positives to him Um, doesn't it feel like so the question with him has to be whether or not the the higher 
production and touches that came in the second half of the year was a result of just Leopold's hand being forced, right, with Henshaw going down for the year, or if we can kind of project that from a going forward perspective. Talking about Neil? Yeah, I have no idea what Neil do you have I'm, what's your stance? I'm dude, I'm fading him so hard. Yeah, I, I don't have any deal. Yeah, I don't have any deal. He's he is I'm so he's actually one of the guys that I did write up in the uh in the CFF guide. And the more I looked into it, I'm like, why are we drafting this guy so high? I I, I don't understand it at all. Like he he did um he was in a dead 50-50 split. Uh, and they were even spreading it around to more than just uh, him and Highshaw early on. We lost Andrew again. He's renegotiating. Um, but no, it was for the first like five games of the season, it was a straight up split. And then when Highshaw went down is when Neil started taking off and started getting like an extra six or seven touches a game and then started blowing up. Yeah, well, it sounds like and- well, Andrew's back and it sounds like you're – you have a daughter, right, Nate? I think she's yeah, back. Yeah, she's, she's you getting know? She's, You know what? I'm she, not going better, to sleep she, like Devin Neal. She better not be Don't back. Be she, better be. Me. <laughs> she better not be uh, back. She better be back. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, what's super interesting is the whole, like, how hot was Kansas? This is really the thing. How hot was Kansas to start the season? And it blew everybody's minds because it's Kansas. And they just blew everybody's minds with That's such a good staff, performances. Man. And dudes, they're those... just... That's a badass. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They can out scheme people. They can make players that are not as good as their opponents and out produce with those players. Um, so I it's a super interesting conversation. The thing is with Daniels is man, like if you guess wrong, like that could hurt because he is a high upside type CFF quarterback. I'm leaning against it just because there's a ton of different options this is a super deep quarterback class of cff talent and i will look elsewhere for that range of uh of player uh we've made you sweat enough nate i mean do you want to talk oklahoma first or texas first what will really get you no no i need to i need to understand from nate why what Get break down the saw chuck and barn stuff for me because the so Oklahoma, Oklahoma, everyone, first. everyone gets scared when you take saw chuck before Barnes in a draft, <laughs> and then I just come in and swoop in Barnes and I say to myself, you know what, he has maybe he doesn't know what he thinks he knows, maybe the message board rumors just aren't true. So, Bill, uh, good. I, I have been, I have been adding, I've done, I've done three best balls so far, and one of them being a dynasty, the other two just being. Uh, with with Joe over there at the CFF site, uh, so I'm still just getting started with some of my drafts, but I do have Salt Chuck in every every league um, because I do feel like he's he's uh, he's being he's being slept on a little bit too much. The Barnes injury for yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a bone mm-hmm. necrosis of his foot, so there's um, there's some blood flow issue that's going on there. And forgot you know your shit medically. <laughs> And it is it is a situation where I I, I do think he will, he'll be fine, uh, and and medically cleared, and we'll be back at practice in fall camp and and playing week one, uh, and I think it's at least going to start out a pretty pretty much a 50-50 split there. The the injury long term does worry me a little bit for Barnes because it is something that could pop up again, and I, I don't I just. It's one thing to have an ACL that doesn't really bother me that much um, with where we are in, in rehab and that type of thing. Foot injuries for running backs scare the shit out of me. 
to be honestly, uh, that and and like a, an Achilles injury, those are those are things where I'm just like, no, I, I think I'm gonna pass. So yeah, that's why I'm and and honestly, dude, Sawchuck blew my mind in the bowl game when when he was <laughs> running, you know, getting out there for the first time really and going against what was a pretty damn good Florida State defensive line, and he was just carving them up, and he looked so much more explosive than Barnes. So I just I could see a world in which. Um, you know, his, his touches just kind of creep up as the season goes on. And, and I'm not going to lie, how much they fed gray last year kind of still sticks a little bit in my mind. I'm like, gosh, did, did we underestimate how much Levy maybe wants to feature a guy? So, but no, I, 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 I think a handcuff's probably still the best route to go with those two. Do we, wait, wait a second though. Are we, are we not liking Marcus major? He's re- technically he has returned right like where <laughs> I, dude, I talk about this with my buddies all the time we don't know why marcus major has not transferred it blows our mind i don't know i don't know what this the staff is selling him on they're not giving him the football he's never healthy um he just seems like a dude that he plays like 225 he's fairly athletic he seems like the type of guy that if he were to go you know to the aac or sunbelt or something like that like he could just crush some people but uh, he, he's sticking around uh, so far. He hasn't transferred, but they still got to cut about six or seven scholarships before uh, whatever the deadline is for them to get to 85. So we'll see. But yeah, his game log is like legitimately super interesting games of like five and zero carries and then 12 carries. Um, so it's, I don't, I don't know. And did Phil Steele have him as RB1? Yeah, Phil Still's wrong. That's dead wrong. <laughs> this is one of his dead wrongs. Phil Still's great. Like he obviously provides a ton of great information, but there's always wrong bits. So Nate has described this one as a wrong bit. If I had to put um, my money on, I think I think I think Javante Barnes takes the first the first snap of the game. How how this season? Yeah, I mean how that plays out and stuff like that. Yeah. I also I also like I mean I like um, Sawchuck whenever there's PPR involved too. I just think he's a better pass catcher as well. So um, he's explosive, man. He's he's just really explosive, and he's shown that he's he's able to put on good weight. He's already up to around 200 pounds. So I kind of like that, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's got all the makings of a committee approach this year, I think. Andrew, any uh, RB thoughts? I'm very curious about their receiver room. And I know I was, we have limited gonna, time, so gonna, I'm very curious. Yes, so I was going to ask Nate uh, two quick quick questions, but we can spend more time on receiver if we want to. But can Austin Soger just come in and clone uh, Braden Wells' production? No, absolutely not. Why, why not? He's half the athlete, Braden Wells. Okay. Um, I don't think right. that they can uh, – they were able to create really kind of unique – plays like he brain Willis was a guy that they had designed plays for a package awesome. so to speak yeah, yeah and it was so fun because they could move him out of the backfield they could they could run him around i mean they, they were doing all sorts of weird things with him stogner's mm-hmm. just hey man um we're, we're gonna have you be a pseudo tight end split out uh mm-hmm. no i i i think his production is going to be a, a fraction of of <laughs> what we saw for um last year okay good to know um and then so is, is it as simple as it feels too simple and to assume that Jalo Farouk is just like a true WR one? I don't know. I I I liked him a lot going into last year, and I it, I think relative to what I was paying, it paid off well. But the idea that he now just descends to number one feels 
too easy to me, but I don't follow the program like you do. So I love your thoughts. No, I think he's, I think he's far and away clear wide receiver one there. He's, they're going to, they're going to give him every opportunity to prove to be that guy because he's the only one in the, in the room that has the combination of talent with some level of experience. I got Drake Stoops, who's got like 12 years of experience, but lacks any talent. Um, and then all the other guys are are the void of one of those other two things, talent or experience. And so he's the one that's got them both. Um, I do think he's set up for, for a really good season because I think he fits what Jeff Levy wants to do in that Baron shoot system. And that's just kind of get you uh, kind of like what they – you know, what you saw with Tennessee in the past and, and basically use his speed, get safeties out of position and then and then try to try to pop one deep every once in a while. So I think I think he definitely fits that mold. He's he's really good with the ball in his hands. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. What's Gabriel doing in 2024? Oh, dude, that's such a good question. Um, gun to my head. I think he um, transfers to Hawaii. I don't know. <laughs> dude, that would be so cool. Uh, it's not going to be quarterback for the University of Oklahoma, though. <laughs> you're a big, you're a big Jackson Arnold fan. Um, yes, yes, and no. I, I think maybe some of the hype's getting a little overblown on him, but uh, I do think that he is being groomed in every sense to be the QB one next year, and it'll be one of those situations where. So, I mean, a lot of the insiders at Oklahoma are like, "Hey, he's taken over midseason." And they're also Dude, thinking they said about Caleb too. And, the, and they're Probably. also thinking that Oklahoma is going to be good. And I'm like, both of those things can't happen. You guys realize that if he, if Brent Venables makes a switch, Oklahoma sucked really bad, really early on. Or, <laughs> or, they've, got or they've already lost three games, right? Like that's they what can I'm be saying. Great, yeah. but like they've already we can't like, gotten win the themselves conference. out of contention. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. can't win the conference, and Jackson Arnold be the starter. Those you two things are pretty a... much mutually exclusive unless there's an injury that takes place. Exactly. But I, I definitely think they are they are grooming him to be the guy next year. Uh, if Sooner fans think he's going to be Caleb Williams, I think they're going to be um, <laughs> a little disappointed because <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but he's good. He's good. It'll be interesting because, I mean, Gabriel does have two years technically, right? He's, he has he has another one. Technically. One. Yeah, so he can use I've, it. I've, I think I took him in our best ball startup, right? Uh, I, I did. I did. So yeah. kudos you to may me. have Hawaii's uh, starting quarterback for. <laughs> I mean, which I think Andrew will love in uh, next offseason. So, um, well, if we're going to get you hyped up about Oklahoma, I mean, there's a ton of questions we could ask about Oklahoma, but I think there's probably even more about Texas. Um, what do you, let's leave it to you. What are you most passionate about in terms of CFF purposes? for Texas. Is it quarterback? Because there's two to three of them that are super interesting. Is it the running back room, which is obviously a gold mine, or is it the value of worthy or Sanders in the receiver room? I'll let you take your pick. Nate, what are you most passionate about? Um, I don't know. I'm passionate about the pole assassin and, and her monkey. <laughs> and hopefully that being a distraction for Texas to not make the, the playoffs. I don't know. Um, no, seriously, probably the wide receivers. It's a Sarkeesian offense, and we saw what he did with Alabama and all those guys, you know, Wadley and Smith and Ruggs and all that. I mean, that was just so fun, the fact that he could support three wide receivers uh, and make them all fantasy relevant at the same time. So uh, he's going to have a 1,000-yard back. That's what he does. That's what he loves bragging about, and I don't blame him. Um, 
so I, I mean, I think you got to be super excited about the the freshman running back coming in, and and all indications are that he's kind of taken that job, maybe. And by the end of the spring, he just looked the part to be kind of that next guy. I'm not very excited about the quarterbacks, to be honest with you. Well, I think uh, there's like a little bit of a split decision there, right? Like I, I am, I'm personally am not excited about the quarterbacks. People feel very um, underwhelmed by Arch. I'm very underwhelmed by Quinn personally, at least from a CFF standpoint. Um, did, you guys, was, did you guys? Did you guys see Quinn Quinn Ewers logo? Like for his personal apparel, did you guys get a, get a good look at this? I saw the green shirt, but I didn't see. Oh the my gosh, it's so bad! It's like for a guy that had the most well known mullet for a year, and then cuts it, and then has this such a bland, uh, kind of like Jordan knockoff football logo. It's it it was so sad. It's such a such a poor job of branding on his and Texas's part. But he had a chance to make a lot of money off that mullet logo. The mullet. Sorry. Uh, Andrew, what do you no, you're totally fine. Andrew, what do you what are you thinking? Uh what are what are your Texas vibes? How can you rile up Nate? What, you get two minutes to rile <laughs> up Nate. What do you got? <laughs> There's a lot of Texas guys still on the board in uh our best ball draft right now. Or in our Which our is a good sign, draft. right? That, that I guess they don't need to take Jonathan Brooks after Nate uh spilling the beans about how that run back room is trending. Um, but see there's Isaiah Nayor is still there. Like he would, he's looked so cool and fun when he's healthy, just uh, walking around like like a huge dinosaur out there, striding away from people and doing cool shit with the with the ball. Um, I don't know if he's healthy or not. Presumably, it's like I I I put maybe I don't know if I put too too much weight in it, into it or not, but the idea of like a player tearing his knee to shreds in like March versus like january relative to the following year um feels like such a big deal to me from the outside with no medical knowledge whatsoever looking in like Nayor hurt himself in like april of 2022 like why yeah. would he not be good to go now um I, I haven't seen anything in terms of reports or not but i guess he, he, like the the room is so stacked with them bringing in ad and still having whittington for the first game or two or or until whenever he gets goes <laughs> down right um and and worthy, and then Jonte Cook takes over after Whittington goes down, right? Who? Jonte Cook. Oh yeah, that dude. Um, yeah, like I don't know. It, it seems like it's tough, not necessarily tough to target at this point in time. Like specific specific players um, from, especially in like single year uh, single year best ball. I I don't think I've taken a Texas wide receiver in any um, best ball. Uh, redrafts today just because I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like it's not that out. It's messy. It's not, what were you gonna say? It's messy. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. It just seems it seems messy. It seems like we we've got the Alabama situation with Sark, where you've got all these great wide receivers, but you don't have the Alabama efficiency. Where on like two plays, you know, they could go like two and three play scoring drives. Uh, you know, it's a lot of what we've seen so far. Quinn, yours just like throwing deep balls and, and missing by like six yards or were the, you know, stopping like six yards short before he's supposed to get. I am ball. buying into the idea that like, I would love to get worthy. I buy into the idea. Okay. He looks amazing. Just like, he's always ten, open by like 10 yards. Yeah. 
but you have to pay such a premium. Like he's been priced up at like not maybe not a ceiling, but just about like you have to go and get him in the third round, which is it's tough. It's a lot given. Yeah, it just worries me that he last year was solid, but I mean, like he didn't blow up, and they're, they're what like they didn't have any other options, and so he's getting like fifteen to eighteen targets a game, and he still couldn't crack a thousand yards, and so it's like, okay, well, what do we do with him now that we've actually got you know, Ad Mitchell and Jonte Cook and maybe a help in Nayor and you know all these other guys. So that's that. I think that'd be my concern with Worthy. There, there's a lot of. Um... There's a lot of variables in play with Worthy, I think, right? Like, they threw to him so deep so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a level of, like, do they get better at doing that, right? And I think there's some validity to that. But also, at the same time, Sanders is going to be obviously better just because of, of uh, age experience. Uh, Nayor is back. Cook is a relevant player. Right somebody's alarm right hopefully it's time, uh, it's time for me to take the trash out guys i was just gonna say is it your protein shake time Nate? I dude nothing know. nothing is worse than than not getting the trash out on trash day it, i said an it alarm actually is days. i mean which is which is a great which is funny because we are talking about texas um that <laughs> you need your alarm tells me that you're less neurotic than me which is probably better for your mental health <laughs> So there are a lot of uh, variables in play. Um, Quinn Ewers, right? Like, does does he like Worthy could be amazing, but if Quinn Ewers does not improve, it doesn't matter because he can't improve on the deep ball. Then Worthy can't either. So I think it's really interesting. I, there's there's a lot of players. I don't have a lot of uh, Worthy period because, like Andrew said, that is a premium to uh, to pay for that I'm not willing to do right now. I mean, he's like basically an early third rounder, maybe a second rounder, depending on who you're uh, picking with. But we are about halfway through the show. Let's uh, let's kind of lightning round it. Um, Cincinnati, new coaching staff. I think we got Satterfield there, right, from uh, Louisville. They did this like weird thing going on there with Louisville, Cincinnati and stuff. Uh <laughs> There, is Emory Jones the only viable player? You have 45 seconds, Nate. I mean, I guess. I, sometimes I get excited about Emory Jones. I'm like, okay, cool. Scott Satterfield loves to run the ball, Malik, you know, all, all that stuff. And then I'm like, I don't know. He still kind of sucked with Dan Mullen. And Dan Mullen's like one of my favorite CFF QB coaches ever. <laughs> so if you can't be good there um, – I don't know. Pro- probably. I mean, I guess if you want to take a late flyer on Corey Kiner um, and hoping that it's a rebound season for him, sure. Yeah, I've done that once or twice. Like, I, I love taking late, uh, like, where I can talk myself into, like, a plausible upside RB. I love taking, like, three or four of those guys late in bus balls. And I think it is, like, you can make that argument with uh, Kiner. He gets that job. He's a sat back, gets 200 carries, and it's fun. I think like drafting Emory is like fine. Like I've done it. Um, it feels yeah. very safe in a sense, right? Because he is, he has that rushing upside that like could just wipe out any horrible passing <laughs> attributes that he has. Kind of feels interesting though. I haven't thought much about him. Um, I know in D- DFS last year, I really did like focus on those types of guys, McClellan and all those guys that like who who was the guy. 
because there was there was a lot of value there. Um, shifting gears to UCF, Central Florida. I think we all agree JRP is amazing, right? Like as long as he stays healthy, like that's a guy that's going to produce. It's just more a matter of like, like, yo, like, are we going to avoid a big hit type of thing? Um, we like receivers there. We've talked about that a bunch. Anything else to talk about Central Florida that we're maybe missing on? RG, uh, RJ Harvey, is he like an elite level player that we're forgetting about? Or is he kind of mid-tier? Or what are we thinking, Nate? I think he's really good. Gus just prefers – I mean, he does, Gus prefers a workhorse at running back. He just prefers them to be a little bit bigger than what R.J. Harvey is. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's like 5'9", 190. So he's on the slider side. Uh, I think the fun thing about him is, is that Fantrax has him listed as a senior, but he's technically got three years of eligibility left, So, <laughs> which is just crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love J.R.P. I've invested some in Harvey because I, I think that there is a world where – um, Gus does let him eat and I think he's really efficient. I just don't know if he can handle, you know, 17 to 22 carries a game. I unfortunately only have JRP in in managed leagues where I have to set rosters because I would love so much more to have him in best ball and not have to worry about, oh, left the game in the second quarter. Oh, for whatever reason, they couldn't move the ball past midfield against some some porous defense. And then the next week he goes off and just nukes some team for, for 50 points in the first three quarters. And like, I don't know. Dude, that, they, temp, that temple game last year was just absurd when uh, <laughs> like, I mean, they, they had like 70 points through the third quarter. It was every, every other play, man. They were just oh, breaking up 50 yards. Yeah. He is the, but, he feels like the epitome of like, I want him in best ball, but I don't, I would never touch him in a redraft. Yeah. Uh, because there is that, like, I mean, he's going to get, Two concussions this season, unfortunately. You know, <laughs> the um, dude is the dude is awesome, but man, he's he's just guy, so cool. He's so cool, man. Did you guys see that story about him, like saying, "Hey, like, don't give me nil money, like, give it to my yeah. offensive lineman and stuff." Like, yes. he's super hard, like, super easy to root for. Like, a quarterback saying that type of stuff is amazing, and he plays baseball and is yeah. very very good at it. Like. It's he very like, cool to see. He like drove in three runs and got a stolen base, and then he left in the seventh inning and was like, All right, I'm gonna go play the spring game. You guys take it from here. And then they flew him, they they did a private jet and flew him back to Orlando for the spring game, which he then torched his, you know, everybody in the spring game. He's like, All right, what's up? <laughs> We're good. I'm good. Uh Kansas State. Uh to me, this feels pretty pretty simple. There's three options. Um, there's Sanat at tight end, and this is really to me, maybe a little bit more like a tight end premium option. Um, Trayshawn Ward is obviously very interesting. Uh, with DJ Giddens, like, I feel like he's starting to slide in a little bit. Maybe you guys can tell me if you think that, like, he's viable and worthy enough of, like, disrupting Trayshawn Ward. And then Will Howard. I feel like Will Howard is a very high-floor, safe quarterback option with like limited risk he's not going to give you that 40 point upside but man it feels like 22 points every single game which is there's nothing wrong with that um andrew i'll I'll kick it to you first like in terms of kansas state cff potential which what part of that do you uh connect with the most i'm curious if so you look at uh it's a look at how Howard's uh, like season stats across three years. He's got like six games one year, seven the next, and nine the other year. Um, just because they've had to put him in 
And you look at, you compare his rushing yards year to year. Last year, he basically didn't run the ball at all. My assumption is because they just had zero depth behind him after Adrian Martinez went down. And kept, I kind of, I can't imagine. His ankle. What was that? He kept re-injuring his ankle. He couldn't run. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for filling me in there. Because I, I was curious about that. Because like the year before, he like was used more in rushing game. So I guess it's not, I was kind of approaching him through the lens of any rushing I get as a bonus. But at the same time, like, is Colin Klein really not going to fucking run as a quarterback? Like, right. what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> so I I was happy to snag him in uh, our our dynasty best ball, but maybe he's got a little more upside than I, I was thinking about it. So not I've started to try it and like target hit. I basically vacillate between him and best ball drafts and uh, Thomas Yasmin. They go around the same range, and I like them both. Uh, there's some article out there, some huge like puff piece of Kleeman just talking him up as potential All American this year, like how a lot of the past year uh, and leading up to his mini breakout this past year was just like, okay, like dude needs to learn how to play tight end and ship. And now it's like wheels up. He's just, he's got, he's got, got all American potential pass catchings there. So that's enough to sell me on him given just what tight end looks like in uh, CFB. Yeah. I like, I like this offense. I, I like, uh, I like Colin Klein. I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. I mean, we're talking about a five, five point per game bump whenever he took over last year um you know they tried the adrian martinez thing shocker uh it didn't work out after five years of not being able to throw the ball he didn't magically learn how <laughs> learn how to throw the ball in in manhattan kansas um but yeah i mean that offense took off whenever will howard took over it opened up a lot of things and you, you mentioned sanat and if you go back and look at his game log it you know, when he takes off late in the season, pretty much coincides with when Will Howard takes over. So I think that's it's almost a situation where you can kind of erase a little bit of the first half of what Sinat's game log looks like and then can kind of project that a little bit better, um, you know, later in the uh, later in the season. So I think that's I think that's a good sign for him. And, and they bring back five offensive linemen, uh, all five starters for Kansas State. So I'm I'm kind of team Giddens. Um, I don't, I don't know what that says about Ward, but I'm, I'm just a little bit more team Giddens. I like, you know, we only got a, a snippet of kind of what he's capable of because, uh, you know, Vaughn was getting the ball 40 times a game, but I think, I think he's actually pretty good. I agree. I, I think there's probably some validity in doing that late, you know, like, you know, yeah. that, that offense does seem to work. They're smart. They're very good at what they do. If right. you get the right running back, they're they're willing to hammer it, right? He's the returner, and Trayshawn Ward is like the fun, like transfer type guy. So there is the, you know, there's the sexiness of that that like can like, you know, get in the way of like looking at like what uh, what should we really be looking at? But um, this almost feels like a conversation of like Spencer Sanders, you know, like Nate's comments totally remind me of like maybe we shouldn't expect. Uh, Spencer Sanders to do much at uh, uh, Ole Miss, but we don't have Nate, Nate on for, for SEC. Nate, so. Did you see my depth chart uh, tweet about uh, the Ole Miss depth chart? No. What was that? Oh, Dude, it was like one of my most engaging tweets ever where I, I, I posted a fictitious depth chart with the, the 15-year-old kid as like the QB2 heading into the fall. <laughs> Spencer is number one. Walker <laughs> Howard is three. And, um, and Dart is four. And I'm getting all these comments. Every dude, every comment is like someone else claiming to have insider knowledge on what's going on with Spencer Sanders, with <laughs> no one willing to corroborate that he's going to be QB one. I heard. 
I feel it's what is the big matter actually on Spencer Sanders though? Like I is it true? Do you do you think that he actually went there for to like become a GA or whatever? Um no, 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 no. This is a great this is a great segue to Oklahoma State. Um (laughs) because because all all indications were that you know he hit the portal. And he thought he was just going to have all these options. And turns out it didn't happen. And he went back to Mike Gundy. And Mike Gundy's like, no, thanks. I'm happy with Alan Bowman. Um, (laughs) I'm good. And so he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go have to actually be in a real battle here at Ole Miss because that's really my best option, which is just it's it's a weird it's a weird deal, man. But I love love that your death chart was so good. Did no one else watch the the Notre Dame game? I'll never I'll never oh, stop yeah. drafting him. I'll never <laughs> stop drafting Spencer. Dude, dude I trust me. I've I have lit so much DFS money on fire <laughs> with Spencer Sanders. There, there. I, I dude, I'm I'm telling you, I would uh, I would probably already have a new car if it weren't for Spencer Sanders. But yeah, no, there's <laughs> there's no doubt, man. He's so he he is so fun when he's right. But um, yeah, we just don't know when that's gonna happen. Totally. <laughs> All right, Oklahoma so State, <laughs> Oklahoma State, yeah. I mean, we're talking uh, an offense that traditionally everybody wants to hammer, right? Like you, you pick you the right. Them, How much do you hate them, or do you? Um, not really hate them? No, it's it's uh, it's more of a, a little a little brother kind of relationship, I guess. Oh, um, we drop it, little brothers. Do you hate Georgia Tech? I mean, no, it's it's the same situation. <laughs> Well, the the nickname of the the rivalry is clean old fashioned hate. Um, yeah, but I mean it's it's yeah, it's I, fun. I uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's fun. Um, but it's not it's not Texas. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's who we that's who we view as our rival. That's that's why we we laughed whenever Oklahoma and Texas left to go to the SEC, and everybody in Oklahoma is like, "How could you do that to Oklahoma State?" And we're like, "I, I don't know. We, we they're not a part of us. <laughs> they they got their own school. They can figure shit out." Dude, I went. Have we have we discussed that I went to Bedlam one year? In, uh, no, in, what year? I went to Boone in the. It was a, a Baker and Mason duel, and we got so demoed beforehand that was like, it one I, where it was really cold. I don't remember because I was really warm from all the alcohol I was drinking, but. <laughs> By the end of the first quarter, it was, like, we were there it was like 31-28. And uh, it, was, it was the game where Tyrone Johnson went for like 100 in the fourth quarter because I was like, I remember because like I, I, my brain was finally, finally unfuzzy by that point. Um, but it was like a 61-58 type game or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah I, think, was, I think we were both at that game. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a, that was a lot of fun. No, is this, is this the end of Mike Gundy? Like, w- like does nobody want to play for him anymore? I, so have you read the like athletic the article on uh, Bowman? No. Oh, dude. So most, so, so much of the athletic stuff is like, all right, we're just mailing it in or whatever. But that article is like twenty amazing nuggets and useful nuggets for our purposes, and I, I think everyone should read it. And it gives us so much. Oh, what? Are, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, I, thought, I thought I was going. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm on the edge I, of my seat. Is this pro Bowman or anti it gives so much good context on like it, it on like what happened. Oh no! Oh, no. we lost him. We're losing him right now. <laughs> he could see it coming too. He like, could see it coming too. This is like literally what I want to hear about it with Oklahoma State is like these nuggets of Ellen. 
the Alan Bowman transfer, and we'll get him, but I'm sure he's going to pop back up here in a second. What's interesting to me is, like, he goes to Michigan. It feels like the GA move that he, like, you know, Cass was alluding to with, uh, with Sanders is like, mm-hmm. oh, just go there, and then you put yourself in a good spot to be a coach. Um, but then he goes to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's been such a hotbed of, like, actual positive – like exactly. CFF quarterback, you know, places. So, Andrew, please. Zach is going to have to do so much editing on this. So. <laughs> no, I think, I think we filled he the did gap, a great job. He did a great job of, uh, of, of trying to make it work here. Okay. Tell us, tell us about the story. Tell us about these yeah. nuggets quick Dude. before you lose. Yeah. 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 So, it's like, when you tell me he's got like a master's degree from Michigan's business school or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so there's all this context on like he what he went to Michigan thinking that he was he was just gonna come in and take the job and like it was gonna be his mm-hmm. job. And they're like they're like, all right, do like a three-step, five set drop and like call these plays. And he's like, What excuse me? Like, what the <laughs> F is that? Like, um, and then also like he stayed there for so long because he wanted that degree, uh, like really badly. Um, him and his girlfriend and family were like, dude, you need that degree. And then, um, got, dude, when Gundy, Gundy like hit him up and was like, basically just called back upon what he saw when he was in the Big Twelve, and was like, I want this guy to be my quarterback. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's a million other things I'm sure I'm forgetting, but like it was, it's one of the better athletic articles that I've read um, in terms of just like I wanted this information and it actually gave me everything I wanted. Um, Gundy's such a good coach. He could, he's gonna amazing. win. He's gonna win six or seven games with with these guys that have no business, you know, competing yeah. at, at a high level, even Alan Bowman. Um, yeah. I've started drafting Bowman now in, uh, in like best balls and stuff. I, I, I mean, yeah, he's probably going to go out and be done for the year by like week three or whatever, but. What man. was it? Uh, a collapsed lung, I think was what happened to him after he kind of got it going at Texas tech. Dude, and then so they played that back in the article and it brought me back to, and then you all remember because it was against Oklahoma. He recollapses the lung on like Halloween night, um, and I, I it brought me back to I was totally I was going to take down a GPP that night. I had a full game stack. The first half was going amazing. I was like, just let this game play out. And then Bowman fucking collapses his lung again, and that was that. <laughs> what do you guys think of Ollie Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't buy in. I don't know. Like it just feels like there's a Isn't it weird spins? I don't know if he's done enough to like really push himself ahead of anybody else. Like is he just like the new kind of shiny toy and that's why people like him? I don't know. I've drafted him randomly just in principle yeah. because it is Gundy, but I, I, I haven't loved any of it. Part of me wants to like totally buy in because it is a Mike Gunny running back. And for years, like that's, that's been, I mean, that's, that's just a step below like a a Wisconsin running back or a Utah running back, you know, I mean, you want to invest in him, but it's like, it becomes clear to me that Mike Gunny does not like this guy. Like he literally is like, like Gunny says nothing to the press except for boy, Ollie Gordon sure doesn't practice very hard, but I'm like, Jesus, man, you haven't said anything about anybody all season long. That's the one thing you keep saying, but, and it also wears me out. He's got really skinny legs. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I'm a, I'm a thigh guy. I mean, I can't get on board with a, a six foot two running man. back. that has got legs like me. It just, it wears me you out. CTC guys have these weird body things. Going <laughs> I'm stealing. You gotta be 200. You gotta have nice thighs. I'm stealing this from someone. Maybe it's a reporter. Maybe it's one of our uh, our peers. But 
I feel someone made the the comp of like, oh, is Elijah Collins the next Jalen Warren like transferring in look good uh, when he got on campus and stuff like that? Sounds ridiculous, like, but I mean, how many years ago was it where we thought Elijah Collins was the next dude at Michigan State? Yeah, he was Stranger he was Things. Um, I wouldn't totally rule it out. Like when once we get into conference only best balls that Jared, Jared runs, maybe maybe yeah. maybe I'll fire. Um, that's what's yeah. scaring me away from Ollie Gordon. I'm like, he hates Ollie Gordon, but he likes Elijah Collins. Yeah. I And I don't think we ever really loved Jalen Warren. Like, I don't know if he was ever drafted for that, but yeah. No. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's do a quick one here. BYU. I think we can all agree. Quarterback feels very uninteresting. That's Keaton Slovis, right? Um, yeah. Besides Dude, so much that, hype. So much hype. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of hype, right? This um, is perfect timing for this, right? There's two positions that make sense: RB one, receiver one. Obviously, there's not many. Um, Aiden Robbins, I am, I am a big Aiden Robbins guy. I was pretty anti Aiden Robbins last season. I thought um, that 50 teamer trade, if you guys remember that, the Thor League 50, tra- 50 teamer trade was unfair, and he proved me wrong. So I'm, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong there. Uh, but I think more importantly, receiver one. Let's talk receiver one. Andrew, do you have a receiver one at you're BYU? Well, there's a bunch you're of guys. I'm talking BYU receiver one, but not going to receiver one. <laughs> not, we, not that we, we only have we have a limited amount of time. So I don't know. I, dude, I keep these about guys great on BYU. I can't keep key, was it Keanu Hill, Hill and Keanu Cody Hill Epps. from Cody Epps. Yeah, I'm with. Yeah, you. I, I don't know. Them, I get them confused too. Yeah, they they both. It's like Ball State and Miami of Ohio. I, I don't know. I mean, they're they're yeah. the same, right? Like they they're just just merging into one. Please make it right, easier for all, right. all of us. I, I don't understand how like we there's there's three. BYU wide receivers getting drafted, Keanu Hill, Epps, and then Chase Roberts, right? Yeah. Keaton Slovis can't support one <laughs> wide receiver, let alone three. Like I, I get taking a shot, but um I'm 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 pretty out on BYU. That I'll be quick about him. I'm out on I'm out on Slovis, which means I'm probably out on the wide receivers, and I don't think Aiden Robbins is really that good uh, of a running back. So I'm I'm pretty much out on him too. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I I was in on I was in on Aiden Robbins last year. It was great. Um, yeah, UNLV Aiden Robbins. I'm I'm a little bit more right, in right, 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 right. This is a step up. I mean, who's to say how it works out? Um, I'm not super interested in paying that price in like tenth, eleventh round. And then if I can't keep uh, the receivers straight in my head, I'm probably not going to draft any of them. And nobody and liked Aiden Robbins when he was at Louisville. Why are we liking him <laughs> at BYU? Right, right. It's, it's yeah. because he's huge. He produced some numbers, and now we're like, all right, well, like maybe Christopher Brooks just tainted the waters. Maybe that's yeah. what, like, you know, that's apologists like me are thinking. Um, hey, speaking of running backs, Nate, <laughs> I think Jarrell Brook is the running back one for Iowa State, but it feels like nobody's drafting him, or at least yeah. as high as he should. I'm leading you into this. I'm leading you into just a greatness of territory. Why did is Andrew, nobody? Why is nobody drafting Jarrell Brook? Did Andrew? Did Andrew tell you about our our uh, our DMs today? About what? He, no, we had a, we have no show sheets ever, and he yeah. deleted he my like, one comment, and I was like, "Amateurs say 
hey, wh what is the deal with the uh, scandal? And I said, you lead them into it. You say, hey, what's up with Jarrell Brock and why, right? And that's that was like my pro move, but I'm I'm not pro by any means. But it was no, a good time. That was good. I I just loved our DMs and Andrew was like, hey, who sh should we should we really talk about these guys? And I'm like, well, we definitely have to talk about Iowa State and and kind of the elephant in the room. He's like, um, are you are you are you just messing with me or or is there really <laughs> something going on? So, no, I mean it's it's kind of uh, I guess a rumor with a lot of smoke right now. And I, I've, I've heard it from people, not just in C2C. I've heard it from other people. I've seen it on message boards. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of smoke that um, it, it sounds like Iowa state got caught up in a little bit of the uh, gambling situation that has happened with both the Iowa and Iowa state baseball teams. Uh, some of it being like, like uh, I think DraftKings related and, I don't know, man. I mean, there, there's rumors that Hunter Deckers is is heavily involved, potentially Jarrell Brock, um, potentially Jalen Noel. And, um, you know, obviously we're just throwing names out there, but I love rumors. So it's really fun to just kind of talk about it. But um, Deckers is the one that I hear the most that maybe they uh, the NCAA is going to make a little bit of an example out of him and he could miss a lot of the season, which would be crazy because, I mean – Iowa State doesn't really have a whole lot, and we're talking about their three biggest kind of skill players. Yeah, they're. Um, What's their win total? Is it still up? Can uh, we still get it? Can we still get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I was going to bring it up. It looks to me like it's priced as if there's no expectation of that, which doesn't mean anything. Like I like the. I feel like I've bet enough on college football uh, things at this point where. Just because there's a rumor, like the idea of Vegas knows in college football is total bullshit, um, right. more or less. It doesn't mean that they they don't like. It doesn't mean I'm not I'm not gonna be able to say it right. Um, like they might know, but you shouldn't assume that they definitely know when it right. comes to a rumor. Um, but the win total I'm seeing at yeah five and a half juiced over across the board, which to me doesn't feel like there is any expectation that the the core of the offense is get, about to get gutted by suspension. Right. Now it is interesting to me that, so I've been eyeing Iowa stuff um, just in trying to bet it. And it keeps fucking moving against me because no one thinks like me, cause I'm a fucking idiot. You're, um, taking, the, you're taking the over on the win total, right? On Iowa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. Iowa. And then like, I yeah. bet them to win their division yesterday and then DraftKings pops up with like a better line today. I'm like, fuck, why can't I just wait and let everyone uh, make better lines for me? But anyway, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa state game line's been up on FanDuel for a while. Initially it opened with, and it's at Iowa state this year. It opened initially with like Iowa state's slight favorite or no, Iowa's a slight move favorite. Then moved to Iowa state minus one and a half. And then I look today and it's like, Iowa's back to two and a half point favorite. I'm like, a four fucking point move maybe like maybe there's something there but still like why would that not why would that win total not shift a little more if there wasn't yeah. something going on um so i don't know now you've got me wanting to fire on the other under on five and a half but like well they, they i, I would say got the toughest draw of all of the big 12 with this, this whole realignment yeah they they avoid west virginia they avoid um Let's see, Houston. Like, I mean, those are two of the what we expect to be two of the bottom feeder teams: Texas Tech, Texas Tech, and Central Florida. 
uh, I mean, they they get Texas, they get Oklahoma, they get yeah. you know Kansas State, TCU, all those all those teams. They didn't avoid any of. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they start with um, an Iowa FCS school, which is never easy for them. Yeah, Northern Iowa always. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but man, it would yeah. be crazy. It would be crazy if they're just, you know, devoid of all those uh, what are yeah. expected to be their best players. I, I I think I'll fuck with that. I'll take the under on five and a half and just and it'd be worse. And see what happens. Uh, yeah. Baylor to me is not super interesting. This feels like a breeze by, but like Nate, I think you have I think you have actual feelings and thoughts about Baylor. If uh, the conversation with you and, and um, Andrew shared correctly, what what are your thoughts on Baylor? I screenshot our DMs and just sent them to Chris. <laughs> you were basically in a a triple DM, but you didn't My, have no idea. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't have I think that I think the situation with Sawyer Robertson going there is really weird. It's like I actually think he's not a terrible quarterback, and he transfers over there and buys that Dave Aranda is gonna give him a real shot, which Dave Aranda is like the most conservative guy ever. There was zero chance he was gonna win that job. And all reports were man, Sawyer Robinson's the best quarterback in the spring. Sawyer Robinson looks awesome. What's Dave, what's Dave Aranda do? He comes out and, and names Blake Shapin the starter. Um, so no big surprise there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's interested to see what happens with the running back room. Um, I'm a fan. Aren't you a Richard Reese fan? I'm a Richard Reese fan. I am. I am. I, I love Richard Reese's – Richard Reese, to me, uh, I equate to Israel Bonaconda, his second year there at Pitt, when it was abundantly clear – that he was by far the best player in that running back room. And yet the Nard Dog refused to let him off the leash. And I'm just like, dude, let him go. And he never did. And then finally, oh, guess what? We have an offensive coordinator change. We're going to let him go. And Abanacana uh, is incredible. I think I think Reese is the same way, that if they were to give him 20-plus carries a game, I think he could go crazy. Um, but when you bring in – the least efficient running back in the country in Dom Richardson. Uh, it appears that he's also going to get some run and, and they like some of the other guys there. So I don't know. It could get messy, but I'm a Reese fan, man. Do you see, so do you see a world where Monterey Baldwin could pop for like 1200 yards, like just getting 50, 50 balls and breaking a ton, ton of them? Yeah. Yeah. That world is if, they have to bench Blake Shape and, and Sawyer Robertson's the one throwing him the ball. Um, no, I, I I'm with you. I see the explosiveness. I think he he might be one of the three fastest players in all of college football. I mean, he's crazy fast. Um, but I just I don't know. Um, I just I don't know that they're gonna let him loose. I just don't know that it's a staff that's like, yeah, let's let's air it out. Let's let's see what happens. I think it's as much that as it is a health thing because like he's a tw- he's a fucking twig mm-hmm. right so like mm-hmm. they it seems like tiny. they went the last year very much wanting to get find ways to get him the ball to maximize his abilities and i will i i think we lost andrew again we got to get this man a, a new workforce or something uh regarding uh, Baldwin, i do actually really like him you know, yeah. like it depends on the format, right? Like I think if we're talking strictly, I was looking at him earlier today for our dynasty startup. Oh, and oh, what's I will, happening with I will, next auto draft pick? No, 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 it's not going to be done. <laughs> I promise you that. 
uh, I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, well, like, I don't love the offense. The scheme doesn't make a lot of sense, but like, he still managed four different games of double digit points. Like, he does have kind of crazy upside because of his speed. Yeah. Like, do they just find a way to make it happen? And worst case scenario, I get five weeks of him being awesome. Like, the deep, the league that we are in is so deep that it makes sense to take a shot on him because his worst case feels like four weeks of double digits. And one of those weeks, like, if we're looking at last year, was like 36 points. It was weird because it did feel like he was such a superstar watching him, like, based on these different slates of DFS action. And then, like, you look back at his, like, season stats and you're like, he didn't really do anything. Yeah, like full season. So even when you like, he was so priced up in DFS because I think there was just expectation associated. We're still talking about Monterey, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like it was difficult to take him in DFS last year, if you remember, because he was always priced up like every week. But like, I I still think he can win you slates and he can win you win you weeks. Like that's the, the Oklahoma State game. He like led oh. the nation in receiving that week. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that. Um, he can do more with five targets than a lot of players could do with like 12. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well. that's, that's really all he needs. It's just a case of, will he get it? Uh, speaking of impactful players, Houston to me feels like a situation where like it, if it runs right, there are going to be two to three players that will absolutely blow CFF out of the water. Right. Um, and that would likely mean Donovan Smith. That would likely mean, a receiver is there a running back maybe nate is there i should just start with this i think it all starts with the quarterback is donovan smith a guy that will be successful in this offense and somebody that we should be drafting high yeah yeah i think so um it's 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 dana hogerson man uh it's it's the mad scientist you want you want his <laughs> You want his players, man. You know what he reminds me of? What was that? Um, what was that movie with Bill Murray? The bowling movie. I also had uh, Woody uh, Woody Harrelson. And and Kingpin. as Kingpin, yes. And as as the the match went on, Bill Murray's hair just got crazier and crazier because he was, you know, it was just out of control. That's how Dana looks every game to me. It cracks me up. By like the the third quarter, it's just it's all over the place. But it doesn't matter because Clayton Toon's going crazy or De'Ara King, whoever, you know, um, uh, Will Greer, you know. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like the upside and I'm willing to take some shots on the upside of what Donovan, Donovan Smith can can provide. I think this is a pseudo um, competition. I don't think it's a real I think people are being scared off because they won't announce the starter. I think it's they don't want to lose the other guy. It frustrates me when uh, people call for Dana's job. Uh, I can, I can, I'll accept it when it's like someone who actually supports Houston, but like national media, like, dude, I want that guy at a program that matters. And for fantasy purposes, I also want him part of my life. So stop calling for his job. Some of my favorite tweets are him after big games. It's a picture. He, He takes those, he takes those selfies of him smoking cigars out in his like Houston mansion with this pool in the background. I'm like, God, dude, that guy's living that life, man. Let's go. I love this. Dude, I the, love the one after the bowl game with the trophy was nice. Yes. Yes, man. <laughs> Dana, Dana's awesome. I love that guy. 
He's he's definitely a rarity in sports. <laughs> uh, are, is Golden number one? I mean, like, is there any chance they have like names that are very relevant? Like Sam yeah. Brown was pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Brown was like pretty awesome for the last four or five games. Uh, Joshua Cobbs, like at a, a Wyoming offense, was like actually relevant, and yeah. that is that feels very hard to do. Like, so is there a, a specific delineation between? Golden versus Cobbs versus Brown. I mean, like, is there an order there? Go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. Oh, I, I, I knew you're forgetting my dog Stefan Johnson as well. That dude was sweet on in the, the transfer. Cobbs. You're right. Yeah. They brought in the transfer from Oklahoma State. Yeah, but I'll de- I'll defer to Nate. I want his take on this. Yeah, I'm I'm a Golden fan. I I, I really am. I, I do think it's weird that none of them seem to be. That Tank Dell, um, uh, Travion, uh, what was his name at uh, West Virginia? Played for Dallas. Um, Travion, Tavion, what am I thinking? Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin. Thank you. Uh, none of them seem to be in that mold, like the the slot inside mm-hmm. receiver gadget type, um, get in space. They all seem to be more kind of outside receiver guys. But um, I'm I'm a Golden fan. I like I like his skill set. I think that if you can put up you know, six, 700 yards and a handful of TDs as a true freshman with a dominant wide receiver one and a Daniel Holgerson offense. I think that's, that's a pretty good path to being, being a really good player and um, really felt fantasy relevant moving forward. I agree. It's weird that Chris left too of like, he left probably the most fun school to talk about for the end. And then he left my fucking, the shirt that I'm wearing for the end as well. I don't know if that was a fuck you to me or or what, Um, but but we'll save Texas Tech for him. Let's talk about West West Virginia mm. uh, for a minute because yeah. I think that, all right, I'm not super interested in talking about the receivers given what the quarterbacks are like, what the system is likely to look like with their quarterbacks. Um, but I think that I don't – while it seems pretty clear that Garrett Green starts, I don't – I have, and I've started to take him a little bit in uh, best ball, I – I'm scared that what is Neil Brown going to do when he sees a couple of losses on his ledger after how his yeah. first few years have looked. And then I'm also interested in talking about running back room. Uh, it's easy to talk yourself into Donaldson, but dude, I loved what I saw from Jalen Anderson down the stretch last year as well. Um, which, where do you want to start? Let's, let's start with um, let's start with quarterback because by the way, how smooth was that when Chris was out? How how good am I? That was that was really good. That was really good. I, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> okay. trying to judge between the times that you've cut out and how Chris has kind of picked up the slack. And then that's and then true. I don't have. I don't have. Uh, I didn't have eyes on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I do think that there's there's a there's a scenario there's a reality where they I mean they got Penn State to start the season. Who else they got? They got they got. God, somebody was really mean when they set up their schedule. They got Penn State and Pitt in their non-conference um, and they already suck at football. So um, it's going to be really tough uh, when they start getting into conference. But uh, I do think there's a scenario where like that administration's like, you know what, after they lose three or four games, we're not going to do this anymore. And then they go ahead and lay the hammer down because what ended up happening last year was, is that all signs were like, they're going to get rid of him. And then he beats uh wins game, a couple games towards the end of the season. And it's like, all right, now I guess we're going to have to keep him. <laughs> They're not going to get stuck in that situation. So in that case, it's like, okay, 
what does happen to the quarterback? Do they, you know, do they want to get, um, you know, Mark Hill, uh, a, a little bit of a run late in the season? Um, Hold on. I realized, I just realized, I can't ask you to be objective about Garrett Green because you, as an Oklahoma fan, saw what he did to you oh. last year. That was <laughs> unbelievable. That was like Chandler we, Moore's failure. Saw, yeah, that was, that was. That was Konami code, Garrett Green. There, there's, he's, he, he played, uh, it was like one of those moments, uh, Will Ferrell in old school when he blacks out in the debate and he's like, did I win? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I blacked out. I don't even know what's happening. Um, that's pretty much Garrett Green against Oklahoma. That's what we saw. So um, I do think that there is that level of upside to him. Uh, the wide receivers, like you mentioned, suck. And um, I do think there's a chance that that they're like, after a few losses, like, hey, we got to figure out what else we got here for the future. It's not Garrett Green. But what I, I, I'm curious what happens if there is a coaching change within the season. Like, where does C.J. Donaldson transfer to? <laughs> yeah, real, we got we got to touch on. I need you need to let me touch on Green here because remember I talked about him as Baby Bo. I think he is like literally like pre pubescent. Uh, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I should just avoid those big syllable words. Uh, Bo Nix. I mean, I think that like there's a lot of similarities between the two. Like you watch him play, and like literally, it was like one of the starts last year. It was literally it was like this pick six, fumble, eighty yard touchdown, and then four play touchdown. All of them based on him. Like every single play was him. And you got like just very awful Bo Nix, and then you got very amazing Bo Nix, and like that type of level of like performance. Uh, it does make for an interesting situation, right? Like they have a tougher early schedule. They're already on the short leash with the coach. Like Green's going to have to be very good, very quick, or else everybody's in trouble, right? Like a new coach, you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, what's the play calling going to be like? I really like Garrett Green. I can understand the caution. The thing is he's like super cheap in all these best ball leagues. They haven't announced the starter. They haven't announced the starter, which is very weird. I watched the spring game the other night. That's why I drafted him in our in that oh, that nice. dynasty best ball. I watched the spring game because it was like, I don't know, I, what else am I going to do? I'll, I'll watch a little <laughs> West Virginia spring game, and then like I watched it, it was like abundantly clear he's the guy. Like I'm like, how do you not announce this guy? He caught like a 40 yard touchdown pass. Did you know that my, in the spring game? My thing yeah. with him is um, they Who's run right? him. They run him uh, too much. One of the wide receivers. They run him too much like he should be running the ball as a quarterback. And I think they need to use, let him just be like organically running the ball. Like I think they obviously need to run him mm-hmm. on purpose. But like it yeah. feels like to me they're running him like he's Cam Newton. Yeah. When he needs to be more Johnny Manziel. He needs to be more Johnny Manziel. Like an organic, hey, give it, give it two and a half seconds and then mm-hmm. go. Not – immediately go like a base on the run run call right um so i think there was a major action there but like to touch on your earlier point like donaldson's very interesting i mean he created mass chaos his freshman year big because he was tight and eligible um he flirted with the transfer portal uh is there any thought andrew as to like is that a possibility do they even care if he flirts with portaling like what are we thinking here who do you guys think he plays for next year? Michigan, <laughs> USC, or Florida State? 
I would think, well, I don't know. Kentucky. I, Kentucky. I, I feel like they I'm got, feeling that. They got, got Demi Sumo. Slimy Sharp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like right up our alley. Thank you, Nate. Um, I, would I, think, I think an elite running back is going to Florida State next year. I think Benson moves on. And they got nobody behind him that they're like, hey, that's our that's our dog, that's our workhorse. Yeah, Tua Feely's not. And do it. and they've proven, hey, if we want a guy from the portal, we're damn sure going to get one. So I think, I think one of these elite running backs is going to end up at Florida State. That's my that's my that's my shot, Florida State. I think Michigan would have a hard time not getting someone experienced. I he just seems took, like a Michigan running back though, right? I, yeah, big guy. I yeah. took Ben Hall. Uh, in our dynasty startup and that it felt like, I mean, he's a very big gentleman. Yeah. Um, I just have a hard time believe I took him because of, you know, upside potential, but there is the doubt in my mind that like, they probably want someone more experienced. And I'm going to divert this really, really, really quickly. Cause I think it's super interesting. Mike Bainbridge listened to the CT, uh, the chasing the natty podcast that I did with um, Jared. He said, what about Riley Leonard to Michigan? next year is that a is that a fit do we think that's a possibility i've already su- i've already suggested that he's the quarterback for alabama next year i remember that that was that, that feels like a lot of transfer cool. portals is my only thing like i think if they didn't do buckner like that feels like a very good fit yeah i i could see leonard moving somewhere where he's like hey listen i'm getting a lot of nfl height but like if i go to a, a blue blood like i can secure guaranteed round one i can show that i've got that in my bag but i mean it's a jim harbaugh quarterback are we are we really excited about that i don't know Man, is so much <laughs> one of us one of us here is <laughs> leonard what what do you say andrew dude he's so much fun at duke right now they yeah they, they just let him do yeah. like do like 50 things with the ball every game it's great you only wonder like how much it truly, beca- you know, goes down to like how much does he actually care about like the money aspect to it? Yeah. Does he value like how much does he think it's an NFL play, degree play? There's a lot of like things that like you know if you're a Duke guy, you're a little bit different than like a San Jose State guy, right? Like in terms of what you probably care about. There's a lot of things that go in your head for wow. these so different that's college. That's a lot games. of that's a lot of shade at San Jose State, right? There. Well, you know, we've given a lot of. <laughs> Positive feedback to San Jose State recently. You know, Mox, uh, uh, like a kind of a compadre of our podcast, has given lots of love to them. So we have to kind of give them some shade somehow. So we're going to end it with Texas Tech. Um, feels like this is super degenerate. I mean, if we're going to end it on somebody, this feels like a good one. Shuck feels like the quarterback won, but good God, if there's 37 receivers that are available that all kind of make sense as viable players. Feels like this is the case. Nate, is there a receiver one for them that you are very strongly on? I mean, I was team Jaron Bradley last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, that was based on value versus where Miles Price was going because Miles Price was our, you know, he was our projection darling, I guess you could say, where everybody wanted a piece of Miles Price because he was going to be the next Jareth Stearns. Uh, in that in that offense but uh, from from a value perspective I like Jaron Bradley a lot last year and at times he made me look kind of smart and at times he made me look really dumb so um, 
I'm still on Jaron Bradley. I like him. I like him a lot. And um, he's still probably the guy that I would draft. But I, at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't quit a Zach Kitley slot receiver, you know? So, um, so I'm still he- picking spots of miles price here and there, just because I feel like his value is kind of plummeted. He's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So um, I'm willing to kind of take a shot uh, late in drafts on him. Am I crazy? No. Um, I haven't drafted Dre McCray yet, basically because Nick Ian Allen takes him in every single yeah. draft. Yeah, he does. <laughs> really early. And I don't know. Like that. I, I have, when I have drafted a receiver from, uh, from Texas Tech, it's been the other outside receiver whose name I can't pronounce, Loic Fungi. Fungi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you look at the depth chart, he has basically no competition for his slot. Um, on the outside, Bradley, I forget who's behind him, but it's like a guy with, a, with more experience. Maybe it's Cleveland or whatever. But uh, um, And Fungi put up uh, some decent games, basically game one and then the bowl game, uh, and then was garbage in between. Um, but um, if we're just talking about taking shots and an offense moving from year one to year two, why not start with uh, this this uh, this Tyrannosaurus Rex on the outside uh, who has no competition? And uh, hopefully, like, okay, the idea is he uh, just he's um, the outside receiver that never leaves the field. I'm I'm kind of weirded out by the fact that Dre McCray in the spring game was lining up exclusively on the boundary. Right and and he's that, listed at both. That's feel weird. Right? Yeah, yeah and, and like backup slot and wide three. And I get it because they have Miles Price on the inside. They have Xavier White who's coming back again, you know, for this season. And then they have Nehemiah Martinez, who the staff mm-hmm. really kind of likes, is that kind of um, you know uh, gadget kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, Andrew. Uh, it does seem like you know they've got one prototypical. Um, outside guys being drafted in Jaron Bradley, and then Loic Fungi has been kind of um, you know overlooked. But who's to say he doesn't secure that other like, hey, let's get a behemoth out there on the boundary and just kind of toss it up to him and see what happens. It does feel like they have a surplus of the slot guys. Yeah, because, like you said, right? Price White, Martinez, McRae. Like McRae yeah. was like, I think there's definitely doubt in like. G5 or a group of five and FCS receivers producing, or just generally speaking, skill players like that producing in P5. And that's what we're seeing in Dre McKay, uh, McCray. But he did have that very good game against Alabama. Uh, Alabama. He had, yeah. I think he had like 10 catches or something like that. Yeah, like 10 for 95 or something. So it's like, okay, like, what am I thinking here? So there, there does feel like a lot of slot players here, and they will use them. They like, there are a couple of tight ends that are fairly usable, you know, like worthy of like snaps for sure at, at uh, Texas Tech. Let's uh, let's talk quarterback really, really quickly here. Are we are we so confident in Shuck that we are handcuffing him with Morton in a, just a, just a single year best ball draft, or are we just straight up just taking Shuck? Or are we are we handcuffing? Which one are we doing here? Andrew, you go because you you took you took Morton a little bit earlier than I expected in that uh, in the dynasty startup that I that I had going. How are you feeling about this situation? Is that just um, hey, Shuck? We've seen enough injury history to know that 
there's going to yeah. be a time where Morton gets his he gets his run. I I generally don't have that many rules that I'm when it comes to um, drafts and stuff like that. But one of them is I I ne- pretty much never handcuff um, when it comes to best ball. Um, like if I want to take my stands, et cetera, et cetera. But if I did draft Chuck, I probably would draft more. And like, I've seen mm-hmm. enough, like the dude's made of glass. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I have very strong feelings that I don't really, I'm not super interested in, in discussing right now, just about the format that we're drafting in our, um, in the Dynasty League right now, which is why I'm curious. It's interesting that you've played in this exact format before because you probably know it better than what I am anticipating. But um, I really did, like I, I love the idea of Morton uh, potentially having a couple of years in the system as it's uh, and not be, not it and the system not just being like year one at Texas Tech with Kelly. Like it should have fermented nicely. We've already seen what he can do when he's gotten uh, his uh, gotten run a store starting quarterback for better and for worse. Like the Oklahoma State game was insane, and then we've seen some kind of some bad flashes as well. But like I'll I'll I'm happy to pay for for that in a dynasty format. Like I'd much rather draft um, Morton and hope for two to three years of starting um, than uh, chase most most freshman quarterbacks. I honestly don't know what to do about this this quarterback room. It's like I feel like I'm in a glass case of emotions. Like um, I was so in on Chuck and Morton, and at times even Smith. Like I'm I'm in another dynasty league. I, I owned Smith and Morton last year, and then at the end of the year, when Morton transfers out to Houston or uh, Smith transfers out to Houston. Morton sticks around. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is, you know, this was the perfect scenario. And then Shuck returns and I'm like, oh my God. And then you learn Shuck maybe has another year after this one because of all of his injuries. It's like, will it ever end? Will this guy ever leave? Like, will, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, maybe there, it's kind of like the Dylan Gabriel, uh, Jackson Arnold scenario where it's like, Hey, you got, this is your year. We're gonna need you to move on afterwards. We know yeah. one of those. You don't have to go home, but you have to get up out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Type yeah. Of MTV crib style. Yeah, the the I, I do think that when Shuck was healthy, he actually, as much as it pains me to say, he was actually pretty damn good. Um, and I think they just trust that more than they trust morton and what they kind of saw from him and some of the uh, erratic play that he had even though his ceiling may be even higher than chuck they run chuck so much like they're just yeah. asking for this dude to just to break down yeah they I, they kind of run all of them it feels like it feels like yeah. they run all of them more than they should but like to me the sticking point in my head is that bowl game against ole miss and why i like actually yeah. really like it he ran 25 times Chuck did? did you, he ran 25 times in that game. Jesus for Christ. 111 he, and two touchdowns. He blew up against Oklahoma, too. Uh, he had a really big game against Oklahoma. Uh, I love Joey McGuire, man. I think he's – I think I think this is a great staff. I love a defensive-minded coach that's just like, you know what? Screw it. We don't care. We're going to go for it on fourth down every time. We're going to put our defense out to dry, and I'm going to hire an offensive coordinator like Zach Kelly that's going to, you know – run 90 plays a game i just i love that mentality that's so good 
the usage is very, very high. And that's why he's being yeah. drafted where he's very, because like ultimately he's getting 50 to 60 touches in some fashion, right? Like there are games, the Oklahoma game, 50 attempts passing, uh, 400 passing yards essentially, but nine rushing, uh, nine carries. But yeah. then against Ole Miss, he had 39 attempts passing, but he had 25 attempts that's, rushing. So like that's, that's insane. Like, in, in like what if you had to guess what his height and weight was per ESPN, Tyler Shuck, what do you think Nate he height and weight is? Sit, well, I know that NFL is somewhat interested in him, so I'll say six, six two, two. 212. Taller. Yeah, taller, right? 6'6", 215. No. He's 6'5", 230. What? Oh, my God. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. Wow. So it, there is a level of, like, he seems maybe he fits their mold, right? Like, if think about, like, Austin Reed. Like, he was super effective for Western Kentucky, which is where Killy came from, right? Um, and he was a big guy. He, he, he ran the ball. Well, like he, he, he had did a good job finding the end zone rushing wise. And that's why he kind of supplemented his passing stats to really create himself as a top five guy. But, uh, super interesting, Am- amazing conference for CFF. I think 90 minutes is amazing for us to like <laughs> knock this out. Considering we tried to really condense as much as we 14 could. teams. It's a lot of teams. Any, any final quick final thoughts that we missed on before we uh, wrap this up guys. Yeah, we covered all, all everything that I wanted to cover. I think we, I think we probably could have talked more uh, about the pole assassin and her monkey, but I mean, <laughs> we had to keep it, we had to keep it to the facts here and, and football. Yeah. We focused on the important details. <laughs> Perfect. Well, appreciate you hopping on Nate. Tell us about uh, obviously where to find you. Obviously you touched on uh, the CFF guy that's coming out from campus to Canton. Tell us a little bit of that, about that real quick and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'm at, at CFF Nate on Twitter. Um, love to talk college fantasy football, football in general, beer. I love to talk beer as well. So uh, you guys can always hit me up about that. But uh, yeah, the um, the CFF crew over at Campus Canton is doing an awesome job. Uh, just kind of putting the bow on the CFF guide right now. Uh, and, you know, a, a ton of, you know, player profiles, breakdown of, of each team and just kind of how it's going to play out from uh, from a fantasy perspective. So uh, be sure give that uh, give that a look. Um, you can buy that. And it's uh, it's it's man, it's 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 kind of everything you need as far as CFF is concerned for the uh, 2023 season. Yeah, I think um, between the CFF sites subscription, the guide at uh, C- uh, Canvas to Canton, like these things are priced so conservatively, like so cheap that like, you know, save up a little bit, save something from a paycheck if you need to, but it makes total sense. Phil steel stuff is great, obviously, because it gives you like a really nice um, viewpoint based on some potential coach conversations. But like this type of stuff that Nate, myself, Mox, Jared, et cetera, at campus again are doing is like, it's just strictly CFF focused. Like we don't care yeah. about anything other than, what are they going to do for fancy folk, you know, fancy football focus. So this stuff is really cool. We really appreciate you hopping on, man. This is like a no brainer when we talked, you know, Andrew brought up the idea of all these conference stuff and he said, yeah, I want to, I want Nate for big 12. And I was like, I, 
am I supposed to defend why we shouldn't? Like this feels like a no brainer, right? So uh, appreciate you hopping on, man. Hopefully this wasn't too late for you and the 90 minutes was great, but uh, we'll catch everybody on the other side and hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Appreciate it.